0: Children of God, welcome. You belong here. You may be home. Wherever you are, you belong here. We are one people today. This weekend we celebrate Palm Sunday. When Jesus came riding into Jerusalem for his crucifixion, and they celebrated. They grabbed branches, these palm branches, and they waved them and they shouted, they shouted Hosanna. Hosanna, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So let's join that, let's participate in that. And we sing out Hosanna. We open the gates of our heart. We open the gates of our homes and we say, Jesus, come on in. Come riding in, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. we worship you, we welcome you in, we prepare the way, prepare the way. Open the gates. Open our hearts. Sing our praise. Our praise awaits you in the dawn. Our souls await to you and lift the song. We've seen the things that you have done. And still we know the best is yet to come. Yeah, there's so much more. There's more to come. Open the gate, Open the gates and let Your glory come down. Open our hearts and let our worship pour out. Open the gates. Open the gates and let Your glory come. In our heart and live, I worship for us Your presence here your presence here is all we need You break our chains with sounds of victory i yeah. yeah. the world as a baby, a frail child, and who enters the city riding on a donkey, our humble King. Oh, You have come, oh, to reconcile the lost, reconcile the world to Yourself, and we welcome You. With all we are, we welcome You, Jesus. Come, God. Yeah, we welcome You with praise. we welcome You with praise. Almighty God of love, be we welcomed in this place. Yeah, we welcome You with praise. Yeah, we welcome You with
1: praise.
0: Be welcome.
2: tithes and offerings. I want to read to you out of Mark chapter 12. It tells a story. It says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put. He's at church, Jesus is. He sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. It says, many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow, she came and she put in. Two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Jesus comes to church and he sits where he can watch the offering. Talk about no pressure. <laughs> the eternal son of God who from time immemorial has reigned over all creation is watching us give. And just no pressure, right? And Jesus is paying attention and he notices many rich people come and they throw in large amounts. They, they threw in. Oh, bless God. But this one widow who had no one to fight for her, someone in the ancient world who, who was vulnerable, she came and she she placed in she put in two copper coins all she had what we see from this story is that giving is not about an amount giving is an attitude Giving is an attitude of the heart where we say, God, I trust you in a tight time. I trust you when I feel vulnerable. I trust you when no one else is fighting for me. I trust you. And this widow is a provocation to us. Jesus tells this story so that we will remember we can give out of our abundance, but not really have to trust God or we can give to a place where we put it in and we trust Jesus to be our provider. Giving is not about an amount as much as it is an attitude of the heart. And so as we give today, let's give as worship. Let's give as if we're interacting here with Jesus. Let's give as if our attitudes matter. And so, Lord, today we give by faith. We give in this moment. This moment where our world tells us to live by fear, we give by faith. This moment where the world says you've got to protect yourself, we say you are our provider. (laughs) This moment where the world says circle the wagons and make sure you're okay, we say we trust you, our living God. And so we give today by faith. And we pray, Lord, that you would take these gifts and that you would spread them out to those who are in need. We pray that you would feed the hungry through these gifts, that you would clothe the naked, that you would visit those who are imprisoned and sick. And we pray, Lord, that these gifts would cause praise to break out all over our city and all around the world. And so we give today by faith in the name of Jesus and all God's people said amen there's three ways you can give you can give at newlifechurch.org you can text in or we've learned in the last few weeks people still know how to do snail mail (laughs) you can drop a check in the mail and send it to 11025 Voyager Parkway that'll all be on the screen let's continue to worship as we give.
1: Jesus
0: Jesus you may die come on sing his name Jesus what other name can we sing? Jesus, oh, the name above all names, our strong tower. Oh, we can run into you. We are safe in the name of Jesus. We run to his name, oh, Jesus. You
1: make the darkness Jesus, Jesus.
0: Over your own soul. Come on over Jesus, the
1: earth. Every nation, we sing Jesus. sing the name of Jesus over every nation. Oh, such power!
0: said yes and amen. Jesus, 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 the name on our lips, the only name to sing. Friends, get ready for the word of God. Pastor Brady Boyd will be up here, open the scriptures, share a word. We started a revolution last week of notebooks, so grab your notebooks. I got pictures of children writing notes uh, along with Pastor Brady's sermon, so let's keep that going.
3: I'm so glad that you've joined us here at New Life Church for our online services. This is week four of me preaching to an empty room. And I just want to tell you, I cannot wait for you to be back in the room, all of us together. But in the meantime, while we're in this situation, I am so glad you've joined us. If you're watching at newlifechurch.org, we're glad that you logged on there. If you're hosting a Facebook watch party, thank you for doing that. Thank you for staying engaged with one another. I hope you're having conversations. That's a great place for you to offer your prayer requests and offer your prayers for the people that are watching alongside you. And if you're on our YouTube channel, thank you so much for streaming on YouTube. Thank you for subscribing there. Thank you for being a part of this digital family called the local church. So we're grateful that you've, you're with us. I'm thankful that we're getting into the, the scriptures together, that we're worshiping together, that even when we're apart. The Spirit has the ability to make us feel connected to one another, close to one another, and so I'm grateful for the technology that we have. Can you imagine if this was 100 years ago? Every church would be silent right now, but thankfully, because of technology, we can come together. So in the meantime, while we're in this season, I'm grateful to be a part of this. So turn in your Bible right now to Joshua chapter 3. We're in a series called Faith in the Wilderness. And if you're just tuning in to New Life Church, we've been in this series for the last four Sundays, and we're talking about the story of the people of Israel leaving Egypt and making a journey across the desert and arriving in the promised land. And so today in Joshua chapter three, we're going to talk about crossing the Jordan. You know, most of our lives are made up of ordinary days. Most of life, in fact, is made up of just the ordinary stuff of life. You know, going to work, Going to school, picking up the kids, picking up the laundry, preparing meals. That's what most of our lives look like every single day. But in life, there are some epic days that tend to break into those ordinary days. There are times when life suddenly comes into full color, where life explodes in front of us. For example, you know, like getting married or having your first child, I remember bringing Abram home that first day. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the Saturday in August that I married my wife 30 years ago. I'll never forget that day of watching her walk down the aisle. I remember moving into a new town. I remember moving here to Colorado 12 and a half years ago. There are certain days that you never forget like LSU beating Alabama. I mean, that's, that, I'll never forget that. I know you don't care about that, but that's a day that I'll never forget. Those things get etched into your memory. And we're living in that kind of season right now. We're living in that moment right now, 20 years from now, we're all gonna get together and, and re- reflect and remember back on that time that we all were stuck at our house for weeks on end. We're gonna remember this season that we're in right now. And this story in Joshua chapter three is a story of one of those moments in Israel's history that they would never forget. After 40 years of wandering in the desert, they were suddenly at the banks of the Jordan River and all they had to do to get to the promised land was to cross over the Jordan River. So I wanna show this to you in Joshua chapter three, we're gonna read verses two through five. It says, after three days, the officers went throughout the camp And they gave orders to the people. They said, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, now this Ark of the Covenant was literally a big chest, a big box that they carried on poles and inside of it was manna and and inside of it was the presence of God. It, it, It was emblematic to the people of Israel of the very presence of God. And they said, when you see this Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. In other words, when God moves, we move. And then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. By the way, God was into social distancing before we were. And this is literally like a, several, like 10 or 20 feet away or more. So God was all about social distancing. I thought you'd like that. Do not, he says, do not go near the holy ark. And look at verse five, and Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. I love this story for the season of time that we're living in. But I, I, I'm finding that we're living in uncertain times right now. And when, when I was reading this passage of scripture, verse four just leapt off the page of me. Look at verse four again. He says, you have never been this way before. We are in uncharted territories. We are in unfamiliar places. We're in a season of time that seems unfamiliar. But when we find ourselves in unfamiliar places, We should look for God's familiar presence. Listen, New Life Church, and all of you watching around the world, we know how to worship. We know how to pray. We know how to find ourselves lost in the presence of God. And when we find ourselves in these unfamiliar places, stuck at home for weeks at a time, unable to go do the things that we once did, when we find ourselves in these unfamiliar places, That's the moment when we should look for God's familiar presence. In fact, uncertain times are when we trust in a very certain God. Uncertain times is when we can depend on the unchanging, immutable nature of the resurrected Christ. This is when we can lean in and know that God is right here with us. God is for us. God has not left us or abandoned us. When I was a boy, I spent a lot of time out in the woods of North Louisiana. And and I was eight, listen, I was eight, nine, 10, 11 years old. And I would get on a horse and I would go out into the woods. And sometimes I would go too far away and I would find myself lost. I would would look up and not know where I was. And I remember my dad, I, I came home one night and I told my dad, I said, dad, I got lost. And I felt fear, I didn't know where I was. And my dad gave me some of the best advice as a little boy, he said, Brady, when you feel lost, when you find yourselves out in unfamiliar territory, he said, sit down, take a deep breath, collect yourself and find something that is familiar. My dad, I'll never forget this, my dad said, do not take a step until you're walking towards something that looks familiar. New Life Church, we feel lost right now. We feel isolated right now. We feel alone right now. And I want to give you some good advice. Sit still, breathe in, take a deep breath, and do not take a step until you're walking towards something that is familiar. Know that this is the time where we lean in to the familiar presence of God. Maybe it's been a while since you've taken an hour of your day and just listened to worship music. Maybe it's been a long time since you've had a full hour of your day to open the Bible and to read the passages of scripture. Maybe it's been a while since your family got together in the living room and you prayed out loud for one another. Listen, go back to the familiar things that got you here. Don't take a step right now until you see the familiar presence of God. And this is a beautiful charge from Joshua. Joshua said, we are not going to cross the Jordan until God goes before us. Here's the next thing in this story, I love this story. One of the things that Joshua says is that we're gonna win tomorrow by what we do today. We're gonna win the battles of tomorrow because of the decisions that we're making right now. Listen to this passage of scripture, he said in verse five, he says, consecrate yourselves right now. But for tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. But we have to prepare ourselves today for what God is going to do tomorrow. And this word, consecrate, is a powerful word. We find this word throughout the scriptures. Consecration was the idea. It was both an external and an internal preparation. It was a time of preparation, of preparing yourself. So they literally would bathe themselves differently. They would clean their clothes. So there were these external practices. And and, uh, by the way, do you know why they were doing that? To keep themselves healthy. It wasn't that God was upset about dirt. He wanted them to be physically healthy. He knew that the journey across the swollen river, he knew that the steps they were gonna have to take required physical health. And that's why the law was so stringent upon what they ate what they did, the things that they put upon their body. He wanted them to be healthy. God wants us right now to be physically healthy because the journey ahead is going to require physical strength. So consecration was both this external preparation, but it was deeper than that. It was also an internal preparation. Consecration meant that I had made up my mind that I was going to clean out the dark spots of my heart, that I was going to confront the hidden sin in my life, that I was going to confess to God all the things that were, I knew were broken inside of me. I was going to get my external self and my internal self ready for the next step. Consecration literally is setting aside our lives for God's exclusive use. I think we're going to look back on this season of time that we're in right now And we're gonna see how God took this moment, how God has taken these these days that have turned into weeks. And these weeks might turn into months. We don't know when this will end. I hope it's sooner, better than later. But one of the things I believe is going to happen as we look back and reflect on this time is that God got a hold of our heart that we returned to intercessory prayer, that we returned to our first love, that we were able to set aside some of the idols that we probably had began to worship and we flushed that out of our system. And now our life has been simplified. Our life has been laser focused on the goodness of God. And I believe that there's a season that we're in right now of consecrating ourselves. We are setting aside our lives for God's exclusive use. So here's what, here's what he said. He says, we are going to watch for God's presence. We're going to prepare ourselves because there's something big about to happen tomorrow. All right, let's pick up the story. Go to Joshua 3, skip down to verse 14, if you have your Bibles open and listen to this. He says, so after they did all that, so when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. That is such a powerful metaphor, such a powerful image that worship and the presence of God precedes us, that this sets the table for what we can do. But there was a huge problem. And verse 15 tells us about the big problem. Now, the Jordan River is at flood stage all during the harvest. So this is not like a little babbling brook in front of them. This is a raging, roaring river at flood stage. In fact, most people believe that it was 10 to 14 feet deep in the middle of the Jordan River. And I've been to the Jordan River. It's not, a, it's not the Mississippi River. It's a very small river. But in this season of time, it was super dangerous. And yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped blowing. It piled up in this giant heap. Think about uh, parting the Red Sea, but the water just starts piling up. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of whatever that is. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. And so the people crossed over opposite Jonah. Look at verse 17. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and they stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation, the entire group of people had completed crossing on dry ground. This is the second time that the people of Israel had found themselves in front of an impassable body of water. This is the second time in their 40 year history that they had found themselves in front of waters they could not cross under normal circumstances. 40 years earlier, Moses had stood in front of the Red Sea and he took his staff and he parted the waters and they walked across on dry ground. And now 40 years later, this generation of people found themselves in the same predicament. I, I love that the Jordan was at flood stage. I love that God chose this time. I, believe, I love that God chose this season to take them to the Jordan River. It wasn't in a season of drought when the water would have been knee deep or waist deep because then they could have crossed the Jordan under their own strength. I believe God set the whole thing up. He took them to the Jordan River when it looked impassable because God was trying to teach them a huge lesson. God's able to take care of us even when the conditions are imperfect. God is able to come in the middle of the storm and calm the storm. God's able to take care of us when everything seems out of order, when everything seems out of place, God's able to take care of us even in imperfect conditions. He brings them up to the Jordan River, it's at flood stage and they walk across. And this group of people, most of these people that had come to the Jordan River, were not even alive when Moses parted the Red Sea. Most of these people had been born in the desert. In fact, God purged an entire generation. He purged out of them the old ways of Egypt. And it was in the desert that a lot of these people had been born. The only thing they knew about God is that he was a cloud by day and he was a fire by night, that God would never leave them. They understood that God was always present with them. They had built into them a faith that God would never leave them. But now it was their time. It was their time now to see the power of God part waters. And I believe that each generation must overcome their own challenges. I was thinking about my great, great grandparents My my great-grandparents, in fact, lived through two great wars. My my grandparents lived through World War II. My grandparents heard on the radio that Pearl Harbor had been destroyed. My my great-grandparents lived through the Great Depression. Ten years they lived in the dust bowls of Louisiana, Texas, and Oklahoma. They saw their farms taken away from them. They, They saw everything taken away from them. The economy tanked. Everything was gone. A great depression settled over the land. My great grandparents and my grandparents were alive during that time. That was their challenge. I I was just talking to Abram and Callie. I have a 19 and a 21 year old. And they, uh, I was telling them that they were just babies when 9-11 happened here for us. They they have no memories of those planes crashing into the World Trade Center. They have no memories of how our world came to a screeching halt. They have no memories of the fear that came over our economy and came over our world after those attacks. But I told my son this week, I said, this is your 9-11. You're going to remember this as a 21-year-old man. You will tell your children and you will tell your grandchildren how the economy stopped how you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I said, this is your generation's moment to walk with great faith, to believe what I've taught you. I said, Abram, I can teach you all about the ways of God. I can tell you about the ways of God. I said, but now as a 21-year-old, you have to decide, will you choose faith on your own in your own time of history? Will you walk with the power of God right now? This is your moment. Listen, all of you that are 18, 19, 20 years old, this is your moment. To believe what God has said to you, to walk with great courage, to walk with great faith, to walk through the waters that are in front of us. I believe you will, and I believe you will rise to the challenge. I have faith in this generation. I believe the boldness of the Holy Spirit is gonna come upon you right now. I believe faith is gonna stir up in you. I believe holiness is gonna come back to you. I believe your prayers are about to become powerful. I believe you're about to have faith like you've never experienced it before. And the waters that are in front of you, you're gonna put your foot in the water. Notice that at some point, Somebody, one of the priests, I I would love to know who this was. It's it's not clear to us who was the first priest to put their foot in the water, but here's a raging river in front of you. And all of the nation of Israel is watching to see if God would be as faithful in this generation as he was in past generations. Somebody had to walk up to the river and put their foot in the water. And the Bible says when the, the first foot hit the water, It says the water began to part. Someone had to put their foot in. Someone had to go first. And I love this last part in this scripture. The very last thing in this scripture is that everyone crossed over. Everyone made it across the river. Young and old, rich and poor, men and women. There was not one person left. Behind, Listen, I know that all of us are having to make sacrifices right now. And it seems like that, that the virus is not attacking everyone, that there are different places in the country that are being effective differently, but we're all having to make the same kinds of sacrifices. And I just wanna encourage all of you that are watching right now, Let's continue to make the sacrifices that are necessary so that everyone can thrive. That everyone can be healthy. So that those of us who may have a really strong immune system right now, we may not be affected by this virus the same way that vulnerable people are, the elderly are being affected. But it's, 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 it's incumbent upon all of us to do the right thing right now so that everyone can thrive. Everyone can succeed. Everyone can cross over to the new thing in their life if we'll all do the right thing right now. I just want to pray for you this morning, this weekend, as we gather, wherever you're watching, whatever place that you're watching, whatever, wherever I find myself, if I'm in your living room, in your home or your apartment right now, I want the Holy Spirit just to come and fill the place where you are. I want faith to rise up in your heart. I want the spirit of the Lord to be present with you. The person, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, I pray would be strong upon your family, upon the single men and women that are in their apartments and homes by themselves right now. Maybe you've been secluded. Maybe you feel very isolated. You feel very alone because there is no one else in your house right now. I wanna encourage you that the Holy Spirit's about to come and comfort you and strengthen you. And I just wanna pray blessings over you right now. I wanna pray that as you consecrate your heart, as you look across the swollen rivers and see the promises of God in your future, I want you to know that God's going to go with you, that God is with you now, God's gonna be with you tonight, God's gonna be with you tomorrow, and God's not going to leave you. Can I just pray the blessings of the Lord over you. Father in heaven, we welcome the work of your spirit. We welcome your promises. We thank you that your promises are yes and amen that you have not left us or forsaken us or abandoned us, that you're right here among us. And I pray now as everyone who's watching across the world, around our city, around our nation, those of you who are watching, I just pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would come and be present with you. I pray that salvation would come into your home, that healing would come into your home, that fear would be vanquished in your home, that the presence of the resurrected Christ, as we enter into this holy week, As we enter in, as we stead our face now toward the cross and toward the empty tomb this week, I pray that we would be reminded that death did not win when you were in the tomb, that you overcame death, hell, and the grave. And that the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead is now here with us. And I pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As we end this time today, I just love the song we're about to end with. And if you're sitting today, would you just stand up with me wherever you are? And I wanna remind you that you're a son, you are a daughter, you've been adopted, that it gave God great pleasure to adopt you, that it gave God great pleasure to choose you and adopt you. And because we're sons, because we're daughters, we are no longer slaves to fear. We have now been birthed into a new family and God is our father. He has sent his spirit and he has given us Jesus as a guide. And listen, we have been adopted into a family and we do not have to be afraid. Will you stand with me and let's worship our way into the holy week that's in front of us. Stand, let's lift our voices together.
1: Thank you, Jesus. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with. song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I'm no longer i
2: To see, so we can walk right through it, brothers and sisters. We're gonna make it. Thank you so much for joining us. Last weekend, we had over 25,000 unique visitors to our website watching. Which means if there's two people watching in that space, in that apartment, in that home, that's 50,000 people. We had five in our house watching. So we might have up to 100,000 people joining in on a weekend service. So thank you for joining us. The word of God is going out. And we're entering into Holy Week. This week, I wanna give you a rundown of what's on the docket. We've got a Wednesday worship night coming up at 6.30. So make sure to tune in. Hour-long worship time going forward in the presence of the Lord. Then we've got a Good Friday service that's gonna be a very special and sacred and Holy Night at 6.30 on Friday. So join us for that. And then Easter Sunday morning, it's gonna just, we're gonna go gangbusters. It's gonna be a blast worshiping the Lord together. So we look forward to seeing you this week. I pray today, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his bright, smiling countenance upon you and all your people. And I pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Much love to you. Go in God's grace and peace.